hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Welcome to the Green Top Outdoors podcast with your host, Hunter Brooks. Hello, listeners. We've had a great podcast today with our special guest, Phil Cashin from Masterpiece Arms. Phil is the owner of Masterpiece Arms. Masterpiece Arms, they are one of the most innovative companies in the gun industry today. They've got some great new products out. They are huge in the PRS market and their chassis and their rifles, their custom barrels. Uh, you're going to love some of the things that Phil has to say. Uh, if, if you are a uh, long-range shooter, precision shooter, stay tuned. This is going to be a great episode for you. The Green Top Outdoors podcast is brought to you by the Mike Chenault Group, Hometown Realty. They are sportsmen and realtors. The only thing they love more than hunting and fishing is selling great pieces of land and homes. Dream homes on the river where you can fish right from your dock to land where you can adventure to your heart's content. Hometown Outdoors can help you find it. Let our friends at the Mike Chenault Group help you get the outdoor space you need. For homes or land in Central Virginia, visit hookupwithhometown.com. That's hookupwithhometown.com and click outdoors to learn more. All right, listeners, we have a special guest on today. We've got Phil Cashin from uh, Masterpiece Arms. He's the owner of Masterpiece Arms. Phil, welcome. Uh, we really, really appreciate you uh, coming on today. How are you doing, man? Doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on your show today. Good, man. Um, look, uh, I, I, I know you're a busy guy. You, you guys are always innovating down there in Masterpiece. Um, it's, 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 man, it's, you're always on the cutting edge. I feel like, and you know, you guys are you're always coming up with great stuff. Um, how 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 are things going down there? You know, how's how's how was twenty twenty one for you guys? I know it's uh, having the year off from going to shows and stuff like that. It was it's kind of nice in a way, but uh, how how was twenty twenty one for you guys so far? Well, I mean, you know, it's certainly a good time to be in the firearms business. Uh, you know, business has been really good. It's been very good for a long time. I mean the you know the the, the market the, currently the market obviously has a lot of new people a lot of new entrants that are getting into you know to home defense personal defense you know competitive shooting whether it be pistol shooting rifle shooting uh you know the, the market is you know has a lot of participation and you know and in our you know our business has been great now we as a company you know we you know the, the fire business can be an interesting one and you know you you have a couple of options whether or not you want to chase the market you know because of course there can be politically driven factors that will increase and decrease the demand for product or yep. you have more of a planned long-term strategy and being one of the companies in the in the past that has you know chased the market like specifically in 2013 and beyond you know, you're, and when I say chasing, you're chasing it up and you're chasing it down. Like you're trying to catch up to the growth of the market and then you're trying to slow it down as the market falls off. Right. And that, you know, that, that, you know, depending on how good you are predicting the future, you know, your crystal ball, that can have some challenges. So after 2013 and 2014 and beyond, you know, we, we kind of decided that we want to build to a number. Like we wanted to have more consistent growth. Uh, if we had inventory grade, if we had a backlog, that was fine. But we just felt it was allowing us to have a more consistent long-term strategy that would allow us to, you know, continue to offer, you know, innovation, new products, you know, better quality, you know, high performance. Because you know, if you're if you're fighting inventory, either too much or too little, you know, your your ability to, you know, to 
you know, come up with new enhancements can be challenged because you're not focused on the right things. And for us, you know, our, as a company, we've really, we, we've kind of embraced the, uh, the enhanced product development aspect of our business. You know, we are constantly looking at ways to enhance our products, to make them better, to make, you know, to make the, the competitor, the shooter, you know, more accurate with their, with their rifle or pistol. And, you know, that, you know, when you're able to do that and, and you have a more consistent plan and strategy as far as your, you know, how much product you're putting out the door, it, we feel it's a really good balance. And yeah. So- and you guys, you guys take a lot of your feedback from, from your users too. I mean, cause the R and D that you guys do is, is you do it like every weekend, you know, because you shoot a lot of matches, uh, and, and you get, you take feedback from actual shooters and, and you, and you, you make those changes, uh, which I think is great. Yeah. That, you know, uh, when we, like, if you look at the, the, our rifle and chassis, uh, market or that segment, you know, back when we first developed this in 20, 13 and 2014, you know, we immediately kind of honed in on the precision rifle series types of competition, you know, the PRS and NRL, et cetera, a lot of club matches and what have you. And, you know, and at the time when I first got into it, I was, you know, I was not a seasoned long range shooter. And, you know, so, you know, I, from a manufacturing standpoint, uh, you know, that aspect of it, ridiculously strong, but I was, you know, not, not, didn't certainly have the experience level in, you know, in long range competitive shooting. So going to a lot of these matches, uh, and we went to a lot of them, you know, and both as a match sponsor and showcasing our product at the matches and also in competing in them, you know, I really, I wanted to take in as much learning and knowledge as I could about the sport. So listening to the top level shooters, you know, getting shooter feedback, trying to find, you know, technology that that they felt was more appropriate to allow them to hit more targets was something that we embraced. And as, you know, time went by, you know, we had, you know, more employees of the company started shooting in these matches. Uh, you know, we became a, a part of the fabric of that, of that community. And, you know, and just by the general desire to get technical feedback, wants and desires from the shooters and technology and, and feature sets that will allow them to hit more targets, you know, that has, I think, served as well. And, you know, so we've kind of gotten to the point now where we've got, you know, quite a number of employees that are shooting these long-range precision matches. Uh, you know, I, I personally, you know, I'm, I'm kind of steering the ship, obviously. Right. And, you know, and, I, and I'm shooting a lot of a lot of PRS matches every year, uh, club-level and two-day national matches. And, you know, and that, you know, having that hands-on, I guess, experience shooting the matches, understanding the stage configurations, target sizes, you know, technical challenges that exist for the shooter to be able to maybe develop technology to allow them to hit more targets. Uh, you know, that that is something that, you know, I, I, like I, I do it not only for the company, but I do it for me personally. Right. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I, you know, I like to do all these matches and, you know, if I go to a match and I, I struggle on a stage that has a significant impact on how I finish in the match, I want to come up with some technology that will allow me and shooters that, that have the same experiences to be able to, you know, to not 
have a backstage, you know, not when they're going to come, you know, when they're going to come across the stage like that. I want them to have technology in place that we've developed to allow them to hit more targets. Well, the and the precision precision rifle shooting. I mean, PRS is is steadily growing every year, and it's it's getting bigger and bigger. It's not as big in Virginia where we're at right now, um, but I mean, down south where y'all are at. Uh, out west i mean it's getting it's getting huge and it's not it's not just a young man's game either i mean it's i mean i see guys from all ages and and gals i mean it's it's just a it's a fun game uh it's it's very challenging from what i understand i I wish i had more time to do it myself uh but you know hey i've got a young one right now i got uh i'd say two or three more years i'm gonna probably try myself to get into it more because one i suck at golf and I feel like uh, PRS is, uh, would just be a little bit more challenging and not as stressful. So uh, how do you see this the PRS going into the future? I mean, is it uh, you think it's going to continue to get big? I think so. Uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, Shannon has done a good job. Shannon Kay is the, you know, the, the director of the PRS. Um, he's a longtime competitive shooter. He owns probably the nicest range in the country that caters to, you know, that type of shooting. Uh, and he's done a really good job of, of continuing to grow the sport, make subtle changes, make some big changes, you know, to be able to, to bring in a larger audience. You know, right. junior shooters, senior shooters, super seniors, you know, lady shooters, you know, military law enforcement, attack class. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, segmentation to the, you know, to the shooters that shoot in these matches to... It's not like it's one group of people and, you know, you finish where you finish. You, so, you know, so like, like myself, you know, I'm, I'm 55 now, so I'm a senior shooter, you know, so I, I still compete in open class, but I'm also in a senior category. Well, you know, for guys who are in my age group and older, it, you know, that's, that's gives them kind of their own little group to compete against. You know, I'm not, you know, I like competing against the 25, 30 years old because when I beat right. them, it's kind of nice. <laughs> You know, but it, you know, but I, I, it's going to continue to grow. I mean, we, in general, this sport, this long-range precision shooting for about the last three or four years has been in a technology leap. I mean, there is so much technology that is going into this sport, whether it be you know, bullets or powder or brass. Then you get into the optics, reticles, uh, ballistic calculators, range finders, you know, stocks and chassis, barrel, man- barrel manufacturing. I mean, it's becoming easier to hit little tiny targets at very long distances. And so, you know, when the barriers of entry for a new shooter to kind of come in and be exposed to all this technology, that there's a lot of educational sources out there on how to utilize it, you know, it's, it's very welcoming. And I will say that, you know, the, you know, for, for your audience out there that may be considering getting into PRS style shooting, one of the, you know, the, it, it seems, it, it may seem important, it may not be, but, you know, the camaraderie, the welcomeness of, you know, the shooting community to new shooters is pretty amazing. I mean, it the, is. The, you know, like in what sport does, when you have individual competitors where the competitors are giving the other competitors technical information to allow them to do really good on a stage, like you're giving, like what happens a lot in these matches and whether it be from an experienced shooter to a new shooter or you know, top level shooters that are trying to win a match, is you'll come off the stage and you're sharing a wind call. Like you're saying, hey, look, the wind's coming in, you know, three miles an hour, full value at nine o'clock. 
right. hey, look, that second position, you got to be careful because it's kind of hard to see the target. I mean, you're telling the guy that's shooting behind you that information. And, well, he's going to use that information and, and has a good chance of scoring better than you did on that stage. And that is very unusual. I mean, like you, you think about, you know, others like golf and, you know, pistol shooting and three gun and two gun and what have you, that, that level of, of, you know, of shooter interaction and sharing the data is very rare. And, you know, to me, that, that's, that, then that builds relationships, it builds friendships, you know, it is more enjoyable for the newer shooter who's coming in because of course they're getting technical help from, you know, from high, high level shooters. Um, you know, like when, whenever I put on a match and, and I run I don't know, seven or eight matches a year, you know, first thing we do is say, hey, look, who, who's, you know, is this your first match? Raise your hand. And then we kind of evenly disperse them amongst all the squads so that they have exposure. Yeah, you know, it's not like all the new shooters in one squad, like they're right. all in the different squads. And so that way they get some exposure to some top level shooters. And then we, you know, that that's something that we encourage. So, you know, that camaraderie, that, you know, that sharing of information and knowledge and experiences amongst all the shooters is very attractive and it's very welcoming to new shooters. So, like, you know, I hear it all the time. There, you know, a new shooter wants to get into it. They're a little bit intimidated, you know, about going to match. You know, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to have poor performance. And I'm like, man, look, dude, come on out and have fun. Yeah. And they do, and they really enjoy it. And they... You know, and of course, they they'll learn subtle little tricks that they've you know that they've gotten from other shooters. You know, technical information, ballistic data, whatever. Um, but that aspect of it is just there's something like I've never seen. I've, I've I've competed in sports my whole life, and I've never come across that type of just system where you know it's just so refreshing. And you know that so that you know if you're if you're kind of on the fence about coming to a match, I mean, come out and shoot one. I mean, like when nobody's going to judge you because, you know, you, you, you only hit 50% of the targets or whatever, right. they're going to be encouraging to you like, Hey, on this next stage, why don't you try this? Or, Hey, I know, so did you notice what you did wrong on that stage? You know, let's try and do something different. Like every time I shoot a match, like there will be two or three new shooters and I'll kind of take them under my wing in that match and just kind of coach them up before they shoot. They're like, Hey, look, this is what you need to kind of look out for. And, you know, so, you know, that, that kind of gets back, you know, with with you know, answers to your original question, you know, with the amount of technology that's out there to where it's, you know, it's becoming easier to hit little tiny targets at long distances. That the knowledge base that's shared amongst the shooters and the encouragement from the shooting community to bring new people in, that is what I think is one of the factors that's going to ensure the growth of this sport long term. I agree. Um, you know, and I guess – to play this game, you, uh, one of the vital parts of this game is uh, a chassis. Um, and, you know, you, you made a big splash a few years ago in this, in this game with your, with your MPA chassis. And, of course, it has changed a lot over the last few years. Um, you've got the, you had the addition in, what, 20, was it last year or the year before? You, had the, you brought out the Matrix chassis, which I think is incredible. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about your chassis itself and and you know how how that ranks uh, with with your competitors and um, you know the advantages and and I guess you know the we'll get into the you know your barrels and your guns everything because uh, I guess 
if, if a lot of people don't know, I guess you, you bought the, you started the, the barrel business, uh, what, 2014? Is that about right? 2013. 2013. Yeah. All right. And, um, so I guess let's talk a little bit about that, about the guns and the chassis and the barrels. Well, so what, you know, what, what got us into this sport and, you know, we talked about earlier in 2013 when the market was going crazy, you know, our yep. barrels were our challenge. And I was talking one day to uh, Dave Kiff, who's the owner of Pacific Tool and Gauge, and lamenting about the inability to find barrel equipment. And I mean, there's just what anything out there, kind of like, yep. right? I mean, like there's just no barrel equipment out there to be found because of where the market is. And he suggested I contact Clay Spencer, uh, who, uh, it, you know, I didn't know who the guy was. I had no idea who, it was, you know, kind of his position in that bench rush community. But he mentioned to me that he had a barrel making business and he might be wanting to sell it, you know, for some reasons I won't get into. But he, right. uh, but so, you know, I called Clay up. He kind of told me what he had. He sent me, you know, what he wanted for that, that business. I sent him an offer back and we agreed to it. The whole thing happened like in 30 minutes. Wow. <laughs> I had no idea who this guy was. And so he lived up in, in, up in Winchester, Virginia, and outside of Charlottesville. And so I drove up there the next day. Because, you know, I want to make sure it's real, look at the equipment, whatever. And I walk in, and I see, like, a letter from the 96 Olympic team. And I see all these world record uh, plaques and certifications, all these national championships that have been won with his barrel that he manufactured. And it was a bit overwhelming. And right. So, you know, I spent the day with Clay, uh, you know, we kind of developed a plan where, you know, in addition to the equipment that he would provide a, a pretty significant amount of technical support and knowledge and training for us to learn how to make the barrel the way that he did. And so on the way back, on the way, on the next day, on the way back home, I'm like, yeah, we really need to get into the ball gun market, you know, because obviously his barrels would, are overkill for what we were buying the equipment for. It still provided that ability to make the barrels for the other product lines, but you know, acquiring a you know, legendary, world famous bench rest barrel manufacturing company and not getting into the bolt gun market would have been you know, crazy. Right. <laughs> um, you know, so we, you know, we knew like at our company, you know, we we've, we've been in the manufacturing business for you know, I mean, I bought the, my main manufacturing company. I bought back in '97. It started in '73. It's a pretty healthy company. I mean, we've got about a 45 CNC machines, a shop full of manual equipment, and you know a lot of a lot of design technology. And we're you know we're our, our manufacturing capabilities are pretty sophisticated. So I'm on the way back on that ride, eight and a half hour ride back, I'm in my mind thinking about what, how are we going to do this? And so we knew that we could make the barrel. We knew that we could make the sock or the chassis. Of course, it would be a chassis because we're a machine company. And they had aluminum, and when we considered for about two to three weeks about making our own action, and you know we looking at the barriers of entry, the time frame that would be involved, we decided not to go down that path. And in hindsight, I'm glad we did because there are a lot of really good action manufacturers out there. Sure, we just the ability to focus on what we know that we're really good at. So we, you know, so we developed our first bolt action rifle and introduced it to the market. <laughs> and I remember um, right after we. Our, 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 our PR firm did our press release on that first bolt gun. There's a there's a, uh, a gun review website called The Truth About Guns, and you know they're kind of they're they're kind of like you know the honest like no holds back you know feedback approach to reviewing firearms or related products. You know, and if it's a, if it's a poor product, they're not going to hold back. 
I mean, right. they're, 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 you know, they've got a reputation. And so Nick Langhorn, who was the right, so he did a like desktop review of our bolt gun. And he roasted us. I mean, like, <laughs> not a very kind review at all. And I'm reading through this thing going, like, this guy has no idea who we are as a company. Right. So I chimed in as a comment challenging him to come down to our facility and see who we are as a company, you know, shoot the guns themselves. And, and I, I'm sure he probably felt some pressure because people like, you know, the sub comments were all like, oh, yeah, Nick, now, you know, now time. You know, so yeah, yeah, he called you out. <laughs> yeah, so we, yeah we, exactly. So we, so he came down, he spent two days at our facility. And, um, you know, it. I, I remember the second day we had some range time. And, you know, as I got to know Nick, who's a really good fellow, I mean, very good guy. You know, he was a, he was a, a shooter on the Penn State rifle team. So, you know, the guy's got talent, right? And so we went out and shot the bull gun. He took two shots and he started laughing, right? And then he took another shot and he just like put his head down, started laughing, and got up. And I'm thinking, is that a good laugh or a bad laugh? <laughs> and he's like, look at this group I just shot. And it was a tiny little, I mean, it was probably a, a quarter quarter minute group. I mean, it was just a little blob, you know, after a little knock. And so he went back, he did a, like an overall review of the company. And then we sent him one of those 308s with the 308 VA to do a review on. And it, he did a very good review on the gun. At the beginning of, of that year, they roasted us for the gun. At the end of that year, they gave it the Editor's Force Firearm of the Year Award. Right. That was really cool. I mean, that that was, you know, I remember you know, Kelly, my wife, was, you know, was uh, was right next to me when I actually read the review or the, the email from the guy saying they were going to do that. I mean, it was such a great moment. Um, but... You know, but that that really kind of got us, you know, going in the right direction. And yeah, and I feel like uh, I guess since then it's just been it's been straight up since then. You know, I mean, you guys have uh, just just kept innovating, and um, you know, you got you got a handgun out now that we'll talk about here shortly that uh, is very impressive. I'm glad you guys did that. Um, but the 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 change in the chassis. Uh, one of my guys laughed the other. I asked him. I said. Um, uh, no, he asked me, he said, Hey, if you don't mind asking, ask them why they keep changing stuff. And I said, I kind of laughed. I said, well, I mean, in my opinion, I think they're always changing because they're always getting feedback um, because the chassis has really changed over the last uh, several years. Um, and I, I guess, I, I mean, it can only get better too, but uh, your, your matrix chassis is, is very impressive. Um, I've had a lot of great feedback from customers on that. Um, uh, what, as far as the changes go, and, and let's talk maybe about the matrix chassis. Um, uh, what, what kind of brought you to, to do that? Well, so in general, you know, we've, we've always embraced the feeling that once we develop new technology, that we, we should not wait to introduce it. It, it certainly can present some challenges to, you know, to like a distributor or a dealer may have some old inventory, what have you. You know that that is certainly a consideration, and we always we always come up with a good strategy when we come out with a new product to you know to overcome the challenges from our sales and distribution network. But in general, we we feel as though that when we develop new technology, the shooter deserves it. They they deserve to be exposed to it, and because we do so much of the manufacturing in house, we can integrate those changes very quickly. So, with respect to the matrix, uh, there is a a good friend of mine and a long range shooter. His name is Jim Gilliland. And Jim, you know, he's, he's 
I think is um, he's he's got some military uh, performances that are world record setting or what have you. If you know, look up Jim Gilliland on Google and you'll find a guy. Anyway, Jim's a good friend of mine, and he's always been a stock shooter. Like he, I think he's, he's been running Manor stocks, and Tom Manor is a great guy, and a very good company. They're a competitor, but you know Tom and I have a great relationship. But he always ran Manor stocks. I'm like, well, why don't you shoot one of our chassis? And he's like, I just can't get my hand high enough. Like I'm like on a, on a stock, you can get your hand high up into the grip much higher than you can on a traditional chassis or other manufacturers, you know, the limitation of the design. So I went back and, and, you know, I shared that information with one of my engineers. We kind of did a little bit of a, you know, a review of it. We realized it was going to be a pretty long-term change with the design and the manufacturer and the fixture, et cetera, to, to put this in place. And in my mind, we kind of put it on the shelf, right? So a couple months later, by that engineer, he called me back to his office and he's like, hey, check this thing out. And he had designed and 3D printed the early version of what is now the Matrix. Right? And it accomplished the task of getting your hand up higher into the grip, but the grip interface was terrible. I mean, it was terribly uncomfortable. Like, it just didn't work. And I'm like, man, can we do something to change the grip, like the grip profile? And he came up with something else, and it was better, but still not good. And then I'm like, well, is there any way we can just like keep the basic design and come up with a different grip interface where we can change the grips out? And that's kind of what led into that whole custom fitting of that matrix to the shooter, like kind of like kind of like back straps on a on a handgun nowadays. Just like that, but much more enhanced. Right. So what it kind of morphed into is, is the ability to have six different grips four different thumb shells and four different or three different thumb shells and four different trigger finger supports to support the shooter's uh, trigger finger. And, you know, because look, we've kind of, you know, we've kind of gotten to the point in the market to where you know, a lot of the limitations and the ability of the shooter and rifle are in the shooter and not the rifle. Like you always hear it, like the rifle shoots better than I do. Well, when I hear that, that tells me there's an opportunity for improvement. Absolutely. A lot of it, like, I, you know, a lot of times people will buy a stock or a chassis because of their buddy runs one or they like the way it looks and they lose they lose sight of the the the, the way it fits them because look like with anything else the better it fits the shooter the better they're going to perform like the less variation they're going to have and pulling that trigger the same every time and if you got really big hands and long fingers and a small grip your your, your hand's going to be floating your trigger finger is going to be floating it's not going to be an ideal scenario. So that's what—that's really what the driving force behind that matrix was. In addition to providing the ability to get your hand up higher for those shooters who like that, but the ability to change out the grips to get the grip to fit the shooter's hand, to get the, shump, the thumb shelf to match where the shooter wants to put his thumb to support the you know to support the shooting process, and the trigger finger supports to be able to index that finger to where that your your pad on your finger and the trigger shoot or in the same location every shot, and you, that you have a straight back trigger pull, not one at an angle, not one that's compromised by poor uh, biomechanics. So that was the really the, the, the main driving force behind that matrix. We made the foreign longer. Uh, we changed some things with a buttstock on there. You know, we moved the butt hook forward. Uh, the, you know, the, the V on the bottom of the buttstock kind of fits into a, either like a, like a game changer, like, a, like an Armageddon gear game changer, or if they're shooting like a rabbit ear, 
uh, type bag, like a protector or what have you. It like it, so it crosses over between PRS and F class. So it really, you know, that, you know, that chassis design has really been a, I think, a great offering to the market because it really overcomes that lack of flexibility in the traditional stock and chassis market. Like do you're we, stuck with what you got, and now with the Matrix, you're not, you're not stuck. Do you see more people going to the Matrix now versus your regular comp chassis, or? Uh, yes, we are definitely seeing a trend moving in that direction. Uh, okay. You know, the when I look at some of our you know team shooters and sponsored shooters, you know they they pretty much can shoot. Um, they can pretty much shoot whatever they want, right? And but like if you look at the like there's been more PRS matches won with the Matrix chassis than any other soccer chassis out there, and it's not even close. I think over the last 12 months, we've had like 23 or 24 victories, you know, national level victories, not like one day matches, but just national two wow. matches. And nobody else is even close to that. And 90% of those are with the Matrix, you know, so it, and it does provide some subtle, you know, some very subtle additional benefits that we didn't realize in the design. I mean, just the way that it tracks, like when you break your shot, the way the rifle kind of tracks directly back into the shooter and back forward again to give the shooter the ability to watch more what's going on down range. You know, the, um, you know, and of course all the, the additional accessories, the weight tuning kits you can put on, like what the we make, what the gray ops makes, what have you, it really kind of enhanced the design. But yeah, that, you know, that, that is certainly uh, the, the, like I see a lot of really top level shooters that are running like running the matrix. And and I think and I think that's a it's a it's a good thing. The ones who are still continuing to run the like the VA comp and the ESR that have the EVG grip on it, which has been a tremendously successful grip, they just like the way that grip feels. I mean they're used to it, they're creatures of habit, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean but you know, it just really the, the newer technology I think has been embraced by a lot of shooting community. Sure. And just, I guess, going back to, I guess, fundamentals are kind of essential when it comes to PRS. And I, I think fundamentals are essential in just about anything you do. Um, the matrix, I guess, it kind of forces those fundamentals back on you for shooting. Um, and w w I guess as far as prepping, training for PRS or just precision shooting, F-class, whatever it is, uh, other than fundamentals, what are some other things that I guess some beginners out there should know about, or what are some things that uh, uh, some some knowledge you can throw throw out there uh, for you know that might be helpful to some 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 listeners? Well, you know that, that's a great question. Um, the the one thing that I probably see newer shooters struggle with the most is understanding their ballistic data. And what I mean by that is if you have a target at 500 yards or 750 or 900 or 1,000 or 1,200 or whatever the distance is, is being able to, to capture the data to know that your elevation adjustments are appropriate to put that bullet at the center of the target, you know, so that you're, you're you know, that like you're not shooting over the top or shooting below the bottom of the target. You know, that wind is what it is. I mean, like, wind is, wind is the enemy. Wind and mirage are the enemy. But you shouldn't have to fight elevation. It's pure math. I mean, it's just a calculation. And, it's, and so, like, and I did, I did a video, and it's on our website. If you go to our video page, you'll see, you know, true in your data. And, and 
you know, back here about five years ago, uh, one of my mentors, a guy named Brian Morgan, had, had taught me a method that you, how you true your data. And basically what he said is, you know, get, get your, the standard data that you can get off the box of the ammo with your bullet length and bullet weight and bullet coefficient, um, you know, capture your velocity, shoot, you know, go out to 500 yards, I paint the target white and put a line right across the middle of the target. They call that like a watermark. Yep. I take a shot at that 500 yard target. And if the bullet impacts high or low off that watermark, then adjust the velocity in your ballistic calculator. I, you don't adjust the DC, adjust the velocity. Okay. And then once you've adjusted your velocity up and down, even if it's different than what your magneto speed, your lab radar, your current graph is telling you, you know, adjust the number in your ballistic calculator. Go out to a thousand yards and repeat the process. Paint the target white, put a watermark on it, put a big target on out there, you know, take a shot at it. If the bullet impacts high or low, adjust your ballistic coefficient, your BC. I, once you do that, once you've adjusted the velocity at 500 and you've adjusted the BC at a thousand, then that elevation data should track all the way from 200 yards to 1200 yards and verify, like just verify just to make sure. Like that simple little sequence that will take a shooter about 10 minutes to do is I think is something that a lot of newer shooters, they, you know, they, they'll get the information off the box, you know, for the DC and the velocity, or they'll have, you know, they may take some data from their buddy or whatever, you know, let the rifle tell you the numbers that, that it needs to be able to impact that target, you know, in the middle of the target, up and down, and then have that transfer over to whatever ballistic calculator that you're using, whether it's a Kestrel or it's an app on your phone, you know, whichever method that you're using, just make sure that that data is consistent. That is probably the one, that's probably the one thing that I think is most important for newer shooters that they miss on a lot. Like I'll, I'll go to a match and I'm, you know, I'm behind glass a lot. And newer shooters typically, when they get out past 500 yards, you know, the wind aspect of it is what it is. That's a learned experience, but you shouldn't have to fight elevation, and a lot of newer shooters do. And right. I think it's necessary. Okay. And, and you said okay. that that video you've got uh, is uh, among some other ones. You got some good some good footage, some good stuff on your website, masterpiecearms.com. Um, you know knowledge is power when it comes to this stuff. Uh, and it's, it's a lot to learn. It's, you know, you're not going to learn it all in just one sitting. I mean, uh, I, you know, I used to shoot a lot more than I do now and man, you know, if you're, you're out of the game for a year, I mean, a lot can change in a year in, 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 in precision shooting. So, um, but you know, a lot's changed with you guys recently too, cause, uh, you got, you got a new addition to your lineup and that's a, that's a handgun, correct? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the the DS9 right here. If I put that up here in front of the camera, that's very impressive, man. Uh, you know, it's uh, we've had we've had some great feedback here from our customers on it. Um, a uh, couple of guys who shoot competitively here that work for us, they uh, they love it. Um, tell us, uh, tell us what what, tell us more about it. Tell us what brought you to 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 make to build this. Well, the um, back in September, you know, we we made an acquisition. Uh, there's a, uh, a a custom pistol builder in South Georgia called Freedom Gunworks and CK Arms. And Bobby Keegan is, is Bobby's a friend of mine. He's been I've known Bobby for a number of years now. 
uh, back at the last shop show that happened, uh, he and I kind of talked about you know the possibility of us acquiring his business. And you know he had some goals and you know short long term goals, and so did we. And and you know that that potential scenario kind of met both objectives. And so we kind of started working on uh, you know working on putting that together. And it you know so we um, what we did is we have utilized you know Bobby's pistol building skills, systems, technology that the way he built them and in the past you know bobby pretty much served like the very high-end competitive pistol shooter you know race guns and you know they're very expensive pistols uh they were all hand built but you know bobby's company didn't kind of reach like a national broad-based audience which our company does you know we've got a very nice sales and distribution network a lot of great dealers like like green top you know who've done who've kind of embraced our product line and, and bring products to the consumer base well bobby didn't have that and so what we did is we, you know, we, we made some modifications to the design to where it was, you know, not only are we servicing the pure competitive shooter and, and some future offerings will kind of get into that race gun and very high end competitive shooting uh, configuration, uh, but it was also more broad market based. And, you know, and so we came up with some configurations that we felt were appropriate. And because of our manufacturing capabilities you know we we wanted to make as much as we can that 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 matched our core competency in manufacturing we want to make a lot of those parts ourselves and that took and, and it took a lot of time i mean like the the, the, the parts for these ds9s you know, these wide body double stack 1911s i mean they're they're rather complex parts and you know and it, and it certainly taxed our our manufacturing capabilities getting right. produced <laughs> like the like this grip like this grip right here was probably the hardest part. And like I've been in the manufacturing business for a long time. Like I mean, and this is probably the hardest part that we've ever made. I mean, I think it took us about five months to get it proven out, which is crazy. I mean, wow. it was, but it is just there's so many. You know, the way the part is fixtured, the way the part's held, the you know the fixturing concept, the machining, the alignment of all the different operations. I mean, it's, it's critical, and not getting all the blending. I mean, it's just a very complex part, and you know, and that was you know, so that it took a long time to get that developed. We're very happy with the results of it. But like when you look at the pistol, so we make we make the Macwell, we make the grip, we make the barrel, we make the beaver tail, we make the ambi safety left and right. Uh, we make the slide stock, we make the ejector, uh, make the extractor, uh, make the, uh, the guide rod, the reverse plug. Oh uh, gosh, there's probably a few other parts on there that we make. So we make all that in-house. So the majority of that gun is made in-house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, because what, you know, what a lot of people may or may not realize that in the, in the firearms industry, a lot of firearms companies don't make a lot of the parts themselves. They're more of an engineering and an assembly house. So they're buying parts from other manufacturers. Well, those other parts that they're buying from other manufacturers are are sold to them at a profit. Like they're not making them for nothing, right? So that typically drives up the cost of the product. So, you know, what we've been able to do, it, it's kind of hard to say that you've got a $3,000 pistol that's underpriced. But when you look at the, you know, the composition that's out there, in fact, it's got a machine, you know, machine metal grip, and you know the fact that the pistol and the frame and the slide are hand lapped together, 
you know, the, the fit of the barrel and the slide, the frame are just perfect. The lockup is wonderful. Like way, you know, the fit of the components, you know, because we're, again, we're doing that all in-house and we can control all that. You know, that has really, I think, kind of given us some, some nice advantages to be able to provide a ridiculously high quality product at a price point that is underpriced based on the market. And, um, but it, you know, it, we're, we're very excited about this product line. I mean, we, uh, we recently uh, brought uh, Travis Tomasi uh, on board to Masterpiece Arms. You know, he's, he's now an employee of the company. Uh, for those, a lot of your, your listeners are probably familiar with Travis. If not, go on YouTube and just put in Travis Tomasi and look at what this guy can do with a pistol. He's a, he is a, a world and national USPSA champion. Uh, multiple, you know, I mean, he's won so many matches and, you know, and the, you know, the effects of his presence within our company has already started taking place. Like one of the things that we did initially, we sent him one of the pistols, you know, he ran it through a bunch of sequences. He came back with a couple of subtle changes he wanted us to make. And we've already instituted some of those changes into the design. And, and, so, you know, he, you know, what Travis will do, obviously he's going to be running our pistols and matches. He's going to be, um, he'll be an instructor for Masterpiece Arms. Travis already, he has, already has his own uh, instructional business. You know, we're going to kind of enhance that for him. Uh, he'll be a brand ambassador or technical advisor. You know, so his, you know, between Bobby, you know, Bobby's been a competitive shooter for many years. You know, the, Bobby was the principal of Freedom Gunworks and now Travis. You know, having that extraordinarily high level of shooting competency and the manufacturing capabilities that we have, we feel it's going to be a, you know, a great you know, offering to, to, the, to, our, to our customers. And you know, we're very excited about it. Yeah, you should be. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a masterpiece, man. I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, it's uh, all the guys here are excited about it. Um, I know you guys are, uh, it's a, uh, you know, it's a, in case we forgot to mention it, it's a, it's a double stack nine mil 2011, uh, it's optic ready too. So, uh, I, I know I, I watched your video when you, uh, first released it on the whole optic mount. Um, very impressive there on how that fits. Um, I mean, cause optics, red dots are getting huge right now, not just in, in competition, but just in carry guns and, uh, just target shooting, whatever. Um, so was, uh, was that a big part in, uh, in being, you know, having, having a red dot, uh, on this gun was, uh, was that, was that a must have going into building this? Well, you know, when, 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 when Bobby and I were, you know, talking about the design configuration of this pistol, you know, as we were going through the whole process of, you know, of, of you know, of, 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 the, of the acquisition, he had, he had this concept of these sight plates that would allow the shooter to be able to go back and forth between iron sights and red dots. And, and I remember vividly he sent me a facebook message one morning and he's like dang it and it was a link to a company called accuracy x who's located up in virginia or north carolina virginia but they they he's like this is exactly what i had in mind well they already had the system developed and had patented it right so i reached out to steve who's the, who's the principal of accuracy x and i you know i kind of told him the story i'm like look I, we, we, we want to work with you right we would like to license your technology because we think that much of it and it is exactly what we're trying to accomplish. And, and we were able to work out, you know, an agreement with Steve and be able to offer his accuracy X side block system on all, all these DS9 pistols. And, and what it basically does is it gives like, there's a plate, like if you, if you buy one of the pistols, they're, they're already set up to have that, that 
modular side block system and the front side blade change is already in place. So like like the way we sell, typically we'll sell a pistol like to you guys and other dealers and a lot of the consumers is it'll have the iron sight module on it, which has got a Bomar style adjustable rear sight and a front sight blade that's got the height that's appropriate for that, for that iron sight. Then what the consumer can do is if they want to swap over to like a red dot, like I think this is a, a hollow sun that I've got here, but you know, there's like four different standard red dot mounting uh, bolt hole patterns that the industry, that industry and the red dots have kind of fallen into. And so what you can do, like if you want a Delta Point Pro or if you want an RMR or an SRO, whatever, you know, you buy the side plate that is set up for that particular red dot, you remove the, the iron sight module, you put the red dot module on it, you put the appropriate sight blade on it that allow the shooter to have co-witness with the iron sights that are still on the pistol. And, you know, and they can go back and forth between iron sights and red dots. And, you know, so it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great piece of technology. And the way that it, that it locates, it's got lugs and fasteners and, and bosses on there that allow the repeatability. Like you take the iron sight module off, Put the red dot module on you want to go back to the iron sight module it's already sighted in like you, you don't have to make adjustments to it the same thing when you go from an iron sight to the red dot like once i get this red dot zeroed and i want to go to the iron sight take this thing off put the iron one i'll go back to the red dot that 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 you know that it, it is still on target like you don't have to re-zero the pistol which is it's it's a i mean it's a great it's a great feature and yeah. you know, that flexibility you know, because look, there are, in competitive shooting, there are a lot of, a lot of competitive shooters that, that are going to shoot in, in limited class with iron sights, and then they're going to be open class with red dots, and whether it be like USPSA or, or two-gun, whatever it might be, you know, it kind of gives those shooters. And, and, of course, you can't discount the shooters who aren't competitors. They just like to go out and shoot. They're pistol shooters. You know, they're weekend warriors. You know, they want to go out and they want to go out and they want to shoot their local club or their local range or whatever. They want to enhance their pistol shooting skills. And it, again, it gives those shooters that flexibility, whether they're iron sight shooters or whether they're red dot shooters. And, and it's, an, it's an easy uh, easy takeoff uh, either way. And I watched your video. It's definitely worth checking out your short video on the DS9 um, on the website. Um, because you can really see, uh, you really show how you know how that thing comes off and and um, how, how modular that piece is. A um, couple things, Phil, I wanted to uh, talk to you about. I had a couple questions from some uh, customers. Um, first one is: Are you do you guys have any plans to produce any hunting rifles? Well, yeah. So we we have um, we've got several. Uh, uh, Product offerings on our rifle platform uh, for that are specifically for hunting. Like we, you know, we developed that here a couple years ago, the ultralight chassis. Yep. And it was a very, it's a very specifically designed chassis for hunting applications. And you know, from a weight standpoint, it weighs about a third of the weight of a Matrix, about half the weight of a VA Comp. You know, so it's a very light chassis, but it, yet it still has a lot of technology for the shooter to be able to, you know, to have the, the rifle fit them with the adjustments and like the pull with the cheek position, with the offset to the cheek riser, you know, to the grip configuration, et cetera. It has, you know, it has the, uh, the what we call a rat rail, which is an arc of a Swiss inch and a half a dovetail rail that we developed the technology in back in 2015. So like if they want to attach their rifle to a bipod or a tripod, 
kind of giving them flexibility on where they attach it on the full forehand. So it like, gives them a lot of the same technology that they, that, you know, that these ultra precision shooters are using to be able to fine tune the rifle to fit them. It does the same thing for the, for the hunters. And they come in configurations that are appropriate for hunting. Typically shorter barrels, lighter barrels, whether you're going with a smaller profile barrel or a carbon fiber, you know, to be able to get the weight down. Like whether it's a, a backcountry rifle that, you know, that weighs seven pounds that a guy's going to throw in a pack and go 20 miles in the backcountry or a guy that wants to climb up in a tree stand and, you know, in South Georgia or a blind and, you know, take a, you know, and take a, you know, take the appropriate shot at the animal they're hunting. You know, so that, that has been a really, uh, really big and nice growth in that market segment for our hunting, our hunting rifles. And, you know, and you still get the accuracy benefits of a hand lap barrel. You know, the way that we chamber the barrels, I mean, it is designed to be a precision instrument. You know, so, you know, as, as, as you know, we talked about some of the technical advancements in the long range precision market, you're seeing a lot of the same thing in the hunting market. Like a lot of the precision uh, hunting related bullets that have thinner jackets, that have better expansion, that still allow accuracy out, you know, to extreme distances to be able to harvest that animal at a distance that before, they felt that shooter may feel uncomfortable with, but now, you know, just because of some of the advancements in the technology, you know, if you see a, a trophy whitetail at 600 or 700 yards, you know, knowing your data, like we talked about, like knowing that data and having right. a piece of equipment, the optic and the rifle, be able to, to make that shot and give the shooter the confidence they can place that bullet where they want to, you know, that's the technology that, that we've been embracing. Good. Um, it, it's been, you know, it's been a really good platform for us. What uh, what do you uh, what do you got in the pipeline, man? Can you uh, can you can you let us know uh, what you got working working on now, or you got anything new coming in? There, there's there's always there's always new technology uh, that uh, that we've got coming out. Subtle little enhancements, accessories. Uh, you know, we're, we're always working on new chassis configurations. We'll probably have a new chassis coming out here probably in about three or four months. Uh, we are looking at some develop, you know, some developing some technology that may be game changing to, you know, to long range precision shooting. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've hired an engineering firm to help us work on some things specifically that we want to accomplish. Uh, you know, so the, the, the whole concept of what we do is going to continue to apply on our bolt action platform. Same thing with our, with our pistol line. You know, like we're, you know, like our grips right now, uh, we're making them out of aluminum. Uh, we're getting ready to go to a full stainless steel, a 17-4 stainless grip, which is a little bit heavier, a little bit uh, gives a competitive shooter maybe some subtle advantages. Um, you know, we've got a commander length pistol that's a four and a quarter inch, like this pistol right here is a five inch pistol. We'll have a four and a quarter inch, which may be, you know, for shooters who want more of a compact platform, yeah, that that's gonna like we're we're already in production on those things. They'll start shipping out probably here in about four to six weeks. Um, you know, just you know, we'll have a uh, we're gonna have a, a Travis uh, Tomasi competition pistol model. This kind of like had the configuration that he wants that we feel is appropriate for the pure competitive shooter. Um, you know, there's just all kind of things that we're working on. I mean, like that's you know. One of the things that I, I love I mean, personally about this business is like, you know, my passion and my business, one hadn't ruined the other, <laughs> you know, which in a lot of, a lot of cases for, you know, for business owners, uh, you know, that one, one can just drown out the other. Right. 
you know, and I, I, I love what I do. I mean, I'm a blessed individual. Good Lord has been so good to me. But I love coming to work every day. I love working on new projects and technology. You know, we're constantly enhancing our, our, our engineering capabilities, which is new systems that we're bringing on to allow us to, you know, to more quickly and accurately bring new technology to the market. Um, and I love shooting. I mean, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm much more of a rifle competitor than I am pistol. I'm sure that will change as we get more mature into this DS, this DS platform or, or 1911 wide body double stack. Um, but, you know, I love going to matches. I love interacting with the shooters. You know, it's funny, when I go to a match, you know, I'll inevitably hear, oh, it's great that you're out here with, you know, with us and you're showcasing your product. I'm like, that's great. I'm here to beat every one of you. Right. <laughs> when I'm at the match, it's there because, you know, that competitive side of me, you know, wants to, you know, have certain goals and, and, and aspirations and, you know, but it's, but I, don't get me wrong. I love being out there. Like we, we will take, we take trailers to matches. Like we've got like a, like a gunsmithing trailer. We take to a lot of the matches we go to. I think a lot of times shooters will have a technical problem. Like the trigger will go down or, or a screw will come loose or whatever. You know, and we kind of, we, we kind of take our match trailer just for that purpose to provide that, you know, that gunsmithing capability for the shooters. We got like directions on the wall. Like if you got a bat trigger, you go to drawer number five, you pull out this dowel pin, this punch, Blah, blah, blah. You go through and change the trigger. We'll provide the triggers for the shooters. You know, just little things like that. Man, that's so much fun. You know, so answered your question. We got a lot of new stuff coming out. Yeah, you know, that's so, good. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, hey, you know what you said about enjoying it, and uh, I, I tell you, you guys are always being innovative. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I've always had a fun just watching what's coming next from you guys. Uh, you know, keep it up, man. You guys are doing a great job down there. Um, I know everyone, our listeners, they can find you on, I know, Instagram and Facebook, Masterpiece Arms. Um, any any other things you got going on through social media? Anything you want uh, our listeners to check out? Uh, you know, this, we're, we're very active in that area. Um, you know, we've, we've got a, a PR firm that does, like, monthly newsletters. We've got a very large um, you know, email group that we send anything out to. Uh, constantly doing posts on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you know, but, um, you know, just, just more of the same, more of the good stuff, but well, I do want to tell you, you know, it's been, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed our relationship between MPA and Green Top. Uh, Brian Plummer, who's a friend of mine, also the rep that handles your account, you know, he's always spoken very highly of your company. I always hear, you know, for people who are listening, who may or may not have experience with Green Top, I mean, they're a great company. You know, from our standpoint, they're great to work with. I know that they, they focus on having as much product available as they can, a lot of great selection. The one thing that I will say about your company that I think is, is paramount, especially success in the long range, you know, long range and competitive market, is the knowledge of the people behind the counter. Like that can't be understated. You know, Thank when you. a consumer comes in and they want to talk to a guy behind the counter about a long range ball gun. And the guy knows how to shoot long range, and he can talk technical with the guy, give him technical advice, and you know talk about the feature sets of the product. You know that that is wonderful, and you guys do that. So for for your listeners out there, you know that's one. I'm sure you know you go in and you talk to other gun shops, and you ask you out a long range shooting, and they give you some answer that may not be appropriate. You're not going to get that at Green Top. You know. Right. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I love about working with your company. It's just that technical knowledge that you have behind the counter certainly helps all of us and the consumer be better suited to get the right product for the application. Well, I appreciate that, Phil. Hey, uh, 
thanks again for being on today. I really appreciate it. I'd love to have you on again soon. Uh, maybe we'll get you on again this fall. Uh, we got our big, uh, big expo coming up in October. Uh, we didn't have it last year, of course, due to COVID, but uh, we're, we're full on going to have it this year and uh, we're excited about it. Thanks again for coming on. Great, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for listening to the Green Top Outdoors podcast. Hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Like and subscribe to the Green Top Outdoors podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and learn more about Green Top at greentophuntfish.com.